And uh, Anthony Tregoski, political scientist at UWL and Almost Daddy, is our guest this morning on Lacrosse Talk. The, what did I hear? A brief conversation about the nuclear option, about a no-fly zone over Ukraine, that uh, that even NATO is, uh, I don't want to say afraid, but concerned about, because nobody wants a direct conflict with Russia. Will How is do you see this conflict ending, Doctor? That's the big mystery at this point, Mike. The question is, what does Putin want? And at this point, according to the Pentagon, Russian forces have really committed to this battle. Of the 95% of the forces that they had staged near the border of Ukraine, 95% of those forces have been committed. The convoy, the much-vaunted and talked-about convoy, uh, miles long of troops and equipment, appears to be stalled. But it also is the case that air, the airspace over Ukraine is contested. And that has led to calls, certainly by Vladimir Zelensky, president of Ukraine, for a no-fly zone. But I think Western allies are very wary of that because sure. that could be seen as a significant increase in aggression. It could be seen as a signal to the Russians that this conflict is expanding and we, we might end up in World War III if that happens. Right. So I, I completely understand what the Ukrainians are asking for. Your heart breaks for the Ukrainians, but there are just certain things that the Western allies and, and the United States can't do from a strategic perspective. Can they do it through other channels? Uh, you know, the uh, uh, Polish uh, option where Poland gives Ukraine planes that they know how to fly, and the United States replaces Polish planes with U.S. planes that, uh, that Polish pilots know how to fly. Is that, uh, is that something that could be done without the obvious uh, uh, increase in involvement in the rest of the world? I think that's the play that the Biden administration... U.S. government and the, the Pentagon is making right now, Mike, that we can't directly engage with the Russians. We do not want this to roll in that direction. However, we can transfer significant amounts of money and significant amount of supplies to the Ukrainians. And the United States government, I would say that the Pentagon has actually been quite effective at doing this so far. Uh, they transferred millions of dollars at the beginning of the month to the Ukrainian government in a matter of days. And also lots of equipment flowing into Ukraine. So it is the Ukrainians battle the fight, but they are getting significant support and money and equipment from the United States and others. And I think that's probably the stance that the U.S. government, the Pentagon, is going to take. In the meantime, the war continues. I know that there are still, I heard CBS referring to it uh, not as a war, but as a military exercise. Russia's calling it a military exercise. They have banned any kind of communication or news reporting other than the absolute government line on what's going on in Russia. So immediately nobody, nobody can believe what's really happening unless you are listening to a Ukrainian a resident who just fleed the country and now feels safe to speak out. 
Mike, I hope that it gives us in the United States perspective on the freedoms and liberties that we do have. And of course, we have issues here with freedom of the press. Of course, we have issues here when it comes to freedom of assembly. But it is not even in the same universe as Russia, where there are are reports that Ukrainian families with Russian connections, they call the people they know in Russia, and the Russian people have no idea that there's even a war going on because of the propaganda bubble and the over the media that Putin has, and also these brave Russians who are protesting against the war, while the punishment for protesting and just being anti-Putin on anything, the punishment for that keeps escalating. So I just hope that it gives us in the United States some perspective. Like, of course, we need to be vigilant about our liberties, our First Amendment liberties, including the freedom of the press and freedom of assembly and freedom to speak out. But my goodness gracious, I mean, compared to the situation in Russia, we still are in a really good spot here in the United States. Sure. Uh, unless you're one of those people who was arrested and thrown in jail after the uh, uh, January 6th uh, extravaganza in at the Capitol, because there are still, I don't know how many, a number of people being held without charges, without communication, without anything uh, except a, a, a jail cell because of their participation uh, in the January 6th uh, issue. So there's there's still a lot of baloney that goes on in other countries, including the United States of America. Unfortunate, uh, 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 no question, but uh, our hands are not completely clean either, sadly. No, that, that, that's true, Mike. That's true. Like, we have lots of issues here when it comes to assembly and petition and speech and press and religion, the five freedoms in the First Amendment. So, I mean, we have lots of work to do here in terms of, you know, maintaining those liberties. It it just, it does put put into perspective how our battles here are so much different than in Russia, where the media is so much under the state control that, heck, some of them don't even know there's a war going on. Right. That's really sad to think that they're there are citizens in a country that don't know that their country is at war. Wow. wow. Yeah, it puts, you, it puts the power of propaganda into perspective, it and it puts the importance of a free press into perspective. Right. I'm not sure our press, our press is free, but it is still pretty darn open and gives me the opportunity to talk with friends like Dr. Anthony Chergosky from the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse, Anthony, thank you very much for talking with me this morning. We will do it again.